Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. This is your host, Corey Barrier, and I'm here with Brian Dababe. He's the CEO of Till You Collapse, uh, Vital Mind CBD, and I'm going to try not to butcher this, but Electain Carne, right? That's right. Yeah, that's good. That was really good. So Brian's got a crazy good story, and I haven't heard all of it, but I've heard enough of it that I do want to hear all of it, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy the podcast today. So Brian, go ahead and tell us how you have built what you've built. So man, so um, you know, I'll tell you my story quick and I'll make something very clear is everything I, I've I've created and earned has been pure pure work ethic. Like I, I'm definitely not a, a sharpest tool in the shed. Uh, I'm not that educated at all. Uh, but there's a few things that I'm really strong at, which I'll share with everyone here as we get into it, that have kind of helped with my success. And, um, you know, it's just, um, I'm grateful and thankful for everything. I'm grateful and thankful for you and our relationship meeting and even being, you want me on this fucking podcast to talk, you know. Um, and as well as my story, um, you know, um, I'll, I'll, I'll share it as quick as possible. Um, you know, my, my upbringing was very middle class. My dad was an immigrant. He came over here from Iran. I'm half Persian, so he's full Persian. He came over from Iran. He was Persian. Um, and I can't imagine going to another country, not knowing the language, not knowing the education. Like I, I know my, like where I've gotten to, but I, can you imagine if somebody said, okay, Corey, we're going to take you, we're going to send you to a, a country. You don't know anybody. You have a couple hundred bucks in your pocket. You don't know how to speak the language and make a life for yourself. Right. Can't even imagine. Um, can't imagine, dude. I know. So he came over here in the seventies, basically that barely spoke the language, no money, no family. And, um, He's just a hustler, total salesman. He's always been in sales, multiple, went from nothing to multiple six figures. He, you know, owns his house paid for. He created an amazing life for himself. So my hustle, my sales ability comes from kind of from him in that background, seeing that always lived middle class, lived great. I never really wanted for anything, you know, but nothing ever super extravagant, you know, just always lived with our means and, you know, um, and just taught really good work ethic, sales skill and, and um, that kind of thing from when I was a little kid. And really that was instilled in me, you know. Um, and, um, as far as growing up, I was, a uh, um, overweight kid that was made fun of. Um, and then I got into bodybuilding and then really fitness and bodybuilding and just the parallels of that with business, the, the dedication, the, the, everything that goes into really bodybuilding and, you know, and really having an amazing physique and what it takes to maintain that is kind of what I've used in my business life because that fitness came before and fitness is my passion and that's what I translated in the business and, and it's why I've been successful in my business as well. So got into bodybuilding um, and, and lost about 60, 70 pounds between my freshman year in high school and my junior year in high school. So by the time I was a senior, I was kind of in better shape and totally transformed my, my um, shit, my, uh, that was the word I'm looking for. My confidence, my confidence was huge. So bodybuilding transformed my life. So you know, let me ask my- you really quick, Brian, why was there a specific event that you can think about that, that made your mind shift to lose that 60 or 70 pounds? Well, it was two events. There was one is just, you know, you know, with this day and age, and it's even worse now, I'm 37 years old. So, you know, 
back then, but even now it's worse with social media and how kids are nasty and mean and, and that kind of stuff. So it was the, the making fun of, being made fun of, and just the whole stigma of, you know, you see magazines, you see people that are in shape, you want to be like that. But the being made fun of, and honestly, girls, like I wanted to get fucking girls. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, <laughs> like girls are telling me, I'm like, am I going to get a girl looking like this? Or am I going to get a girl looking like that? So just being real, it was girls. And it was not being one to make fun of anymore. I wanted to feel confident and comfortable in my own skin, honestly. So there was no really one event, but I just, I would say being made fun of and knowing that I was like, you know, at that age and girls, obviously I wanted to get a girl. And I, I would say, if I look like this, I'll probably get a girl as opposed to looking like this. Right. So right. I was the main driving force. And then, like I said, I taught myself, um, uh, I taught myself, you know, I, I read books, I taught myself and that's kind of a, um, the story of my life, everything with all my businesses, I've taught myself. Um, um, joining Arte was my first education. You know, I barely graduated high school. You know, they don't really teach you shit in high school, especially pertaining to business, right? Right. So um, I taught myself how to lift, transform my body. Um, fitness was my passion because of everything that it did for me as far as confidence, changed my life, everything, um, all everything instilled in me, the discipline, the grit, the, the, the repetition, doing stuff when you don't want to do it, all that kind of stuff that translates into business, right? Um, so, um, I got into personal training because it was my passion, you know, so personal training, um, I had sales ability, so I was breaking company records. I was selling 30,000, $40,000 a month in personal training, which is a lot in personal training, monthly sales coming a kid, 18 years old. Right. Um, and that was just my sales ability, you know, growing up in the household I grew up in, I've always done commission sales. So I've always been a salesman. That's a salesman at heart. I'm always selling, always be closing. That's just, you know, just that's who I am. Uh, and um, I loved it. You know, I transformed people's lives. I broke companies' records. I, I was training 50, 60 hours a week, which is a lot of personal training hours. I mean, I was going nonstop from 6, 7 a.m. until 9 p.m. and then barely finding time in between clients to eat, maybe train an hour here and there, living the lifestyle, competing. I was a bodybuilder. I wanted to be a pro bodybuilder back then. That's my goal, right? Um, and just living the lifestyle, but you know, um, you know, still, you know, I'm back then I really didn't give a shit, you know, honestly, you know, I just, I was happy and I'm not making, making okay money, but you know, when you're making 40 grand a month for another company, you know, you like taking a little bit, I get paid maybe 10%. Um, and then, you know, my, my, my hours, I got paid for training clients. I was making decent money, but not like life changing money. You know what I mean? Sure. But I was still getting by. I was living a good life. I was doing what I would love, but I was working like a dog ragged, you know? that many hours and when you're training people it's i don't know if you've trained people or not but for you 10, know it's, for 10 years i did so so you 5 30 a.m until uh sometimes 8 30 at night so dude yeah, you're so, speaking my language totally get it so you know it's, Hell it's yes. like it's on top of like it's physical and it's mental because a lot of times you're these people's psychiatrists like you build relationships with all of them like you know what i mean it, it's exhausting yeah so um i did that um did that and I excelled at that. And then at that time, everybody was getting into the mortgage business. You know, real estate was booming. A bunch of people from the fitness industry were jumping into the, the real estate industry and making crazy money. Like guys that were nowhere near as sales talent as me making seven figures. Like, you know, remember when that real estate boom? So I was like, uh, and I made a mistake and I chased the money. So I got in that industry, left my passion, which was fitness. I got into the mortgage industry to make that money. You know, we all talk about follow your passion, not the money. I made the mistake. I followed money. I was young. What year was that? So but the reason I ask is because I, too, I wasn't in fitness yet, but I got into the mortgage industry. What year was it? Do you remember? That was about two, 2007, so right before the big crash. Right before the crash. Okay, go ahead. Right before. Literally. Like, like I should have done it two or three years before because I could have made crazy money. And yeah. I made good money. I jumped in, and I think the first month or two – I made a couple hundred grand, which is money I've never seen. I mean, at, at 25 years old, coming from, you know, uh, you know, decent life, but nothing like that to see yeah. multiple six figures in a month. That's fuck, crazy. you know what I mean? Like even nowadays making six figures in a month is good, right? <laughs> um, so back then, being a kid, never really seen money like that before. Of course, I went crazy. I had no family back then. It was just me spending it like crazy acting like it was never going to end right like a, right. like a kid you know but obviously we, we go through these lessons to, to learn from them, right so and then the crash happened and by the time the crash happened i had been married to my wife uh, we had our first kid at that point 
Uh, I've always been the sole provider. I still am. Um, and uh, so the crash happened and we went from making that, you know, living this lifestyle like we thought we were fucking ballers, you know, um, to nothing, right? And then that's when we lost everything. I mean, literally all my cars were refoed. All my credit cards went to collections. Uh, we got kicked out of our house and we have a little baby and I have a wife here I'm supporting. Um, and, you know, I never had experienced that kind of loss and heartache before, but I, well, I was just, just going to ask you, so what, I mean, describe to me how that felt like to see, I mean, I mean, everything it, it would go away. It was the worst feeling in my life. I mean, I remember hiding from the repo guys with my wife. Like I'll never remember, forget that feeling and that fear, that feeling is what still drives me today. Like that, that feeling right there of having lost everything and not only lost everything, but not being able to provide for my family as a man at that moment, um, was the worst feeling I've ever felt in my life. Um, and that fear of that feeling is what really drives me to still, even though, you know, some people think I have a little bit of success to my eyes, I feel like I'm just getting started. And that fear is what really drives me. Like I'm still broke at this point, honestly, like I'll never, no matter how successful I become, I'll always have that fear on my shoulder and it'll always be driving me. Um, then I, as well as always setting bigger and harder goals for myself as well. But that fear is why I never take the foot off the gas. You know what I mean? No matter about any little success. I, but you I, still I, take chances. Oh, a hundred percent. I still, still take chances. Yeah. So, so it's almost like that fear, you know, it, it does drive you to an extent, but at the same time, you don't let it, you don't let it keep you from making moves that are going to. No, no, no. That, 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 that fear is more like, you know, as far as putting in the work, as far as, cause here's the thing I did get lazy. I'll be, I'll be real. Like when I started making that kind of money, you know um, you know, I, I was working less than ever, working less than ever, making more money than ever. I went from being a slave personal trainer, working my ass off, making not that good. Okay. Money to, working 20 hours a week, making six figures a month, you know, and I, I did get lazy. I'll admit it. Like I, I took my foot off the gas. I was like, Oh shit, this is, this is nice life. Right. Uh, it's spending money like crazy. So as far as that fear, um, it just, it, it just, I, I just, like I said, that work ethic and I'll get into the three things that made me successful for being a dumbass. Cause I am a dumbass. I mean, my kids are, my, my kids are smarter than me. I mean, my, my 12 and 10 year old, spell an ad better than me like I'll, I'll ask them how to spell shit and I, I own that like I said I'm never trying I'm a kind of guy that never tries to be something I'm not like if you see me representing something it is what I am at the moment it's what I am I'm never trying to be fake or something I'm not and, and I'll own that like I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed but I'll get the job done right sure um and so, so then I lost everything I'm like fuck this I gotta get back to my passion I got fitness in my passion I'm gonna stick with my passion that's what I'm going back to. I, I know if I, I'm going to stick with my passion, you know, I went to something I didn't like. I didn't like it at all. I didn't like mortgages. The money was great, but I hated it. I didn't like it. Um, and you know, there's one of the biggest rules in business. Like, you know, you can't just chase the money. You won't succeed, right? You got you to have something, your passion and purpose behind it, that kind of thing. So I got back into fitness and I, um, I got back into the membership sales side because I knew that membership sales, you can become a, general manager of sales and really make six figures and six figures back then with good money right? sure. <laughs> and that kind of stuff and, and really be able to support my family because that was my main goal at that point I had second kid on the way broke as fuck right um so I, I got into an entry-level membership sales position started getting back to working my ass off sales as well I've always excelled at sales I moved up and within about eight nine months I went from entry-level membership sales to a sales general manager of a smaller club. Um, and then, you know, just kind of worked my way up. And I started within a year, year and a half, I was managing sales general manager of their biggest gym. So the gym chain out here, um, they have about 22 locations. It's called, you know, and then they have clubs as big as over a hundred thousand square feet. So huge, huge gyms, family oriented gyms with kids club, kid events, big pools, uh, not, not as big as lifetime, but almost like a smaller scale lifetime, but very family oriented. Um, but I, you know, I, I, I was breaking sales record. And then as at that point I was managing teams of um, six to 10 salespeople training on sales daily, training on closing phone calls, 
you know, managing them and everything they do in their daily production and stuff like that, as well as I was still on top of that, I was still a top producer because I always love to sell. You know what I mean? I'm very competitive and I love to sell. So on top of training people how to sell, I was always like, good luck beating me. Like, like you, my top sales guy, like compete with me for the top sales spot for the month because I love selling. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I always excelled at it. So um, I, I got to there making six figures, working my ass off, you know, sales is nine to nine, sometimes seven days a week. There's closeouts. You're from the gym industry, you know, yeah. like you, they, they work you like a dog, you know, and I still loved it. because I love fitness. I was there. I was in the element I working out. I always to work out on my breaks, sometimes a couple of times a day, but I was there. And the thing that was suffering is my family. Now these kids at home, I would leave when they were sleeping. I would get home when they were awake or when they were sleeping, you know, right, so I would right. leave when they were sleeping, get home when they were sleeping. I wouldn't even see my kids, miss their sports events. And with them, I was working for someone else. Like you have to be here. I don't care if your kid has a game, you're going to miss like you're an employee. You, you do what your boss says. Right. Um, and making six figures and working that much. And when you really broke it down per hour, it's probably peanuts. Um, and, and then missing my kids growing up. Um, which was horrible, right? Um, and then, you know, just still broke. I mean, with that, with multiple kids in California making six figures after taxes, we're not living this lavish life. We're barely paying our rent. I barely have any money in the bank. Like, it's not like I'm living this lavish life. And I'm like, fuck this. Like, you know, because for me, my main goal was cars. When I was a kid, um, I, you know, I had a bunch of car posters on my wall, like Porsche, Ferrari, Lamborghinis, like exotic cars, and, um, you know, that was my goal. That was my driving force. Like originally it was cars. I want to know how I can buy these cars. Like I would see them on the road, you know, if you're a car, you know, sure. um, that was my original driving force. And obviously as I had a family, you know, providing for them and creating an empire and doing all that kind of thing. And for legacies and generations kind of, you know, but I still love cars. It's still a goal of mine, but that wasn't my main goal, but, um, growing like working that job and, and just slaving away and, still being broke i'm like finally i had this epiphany i remember one of my um one of my sales reps he's this kid he's like 20 years old and at this time i was like i was like 30 uh, i just turned 30 and he told me he had a side hustle which was the clothing line and it really blew my mind and this, and this thing is this kid had natural sales ability but he was very lazy so he was very lazy um you know kind of like you know when talent doesn't, you know, hustle beats talent when talent doesn't work, like that kind of mentality. Like he has natural sales ability, but he was very lazy, didn't make many calls, didn't put much effort. He could close because he had natural closing ability, but he was a lazy kid. And he tells me he has this company, he has a clothing company. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you have a business, a company? Kind of like he's woke up. You know, I'm like, here I am, I manage this kid, I got a whole family, I got all this shit going on. Kids tell me he has a company. And I had always been thinking over the years, what the fuck can I do? I know I need to be self-employed to live free, do whatever the hell I want to do, because that's really the only way you can is if you're self-employed and be able to make that kind of money where I can buy those kind of cars and just live the kind of life I want to live, right? Um, so I just couldn't figure out what I wanted to do, you know, but I knew that I, it had to be the role of fitness. That was my passion. So, and I already made that mistake once, chasing the money, lost everything. I'm like, I'm not doing that again. So I need to figure out how I could, evolve uh evolve it around fitness and be self-employed and this kid told me a clothing brand and then i just kind of said fuck it i'm gonna make a fitness clothing brand you know and that was seven years ago and i was like i'm just, i didn't know what the fuck i was doing i had no clue what i was doing okay um, i'm like i'm gonna do it and i remember i went home that night and i stayed up all night just trying to think of the name you know the name of the brand I'm like i need to figure out this name once i figure out the name and everything else i could start going I stayed up all night and I thought of the name till you collapse, you know, and that's, it's a different name. It's a normal name, right? It stands out. And the thing is, um, and the reason why the company has been so successful as far as the culture with not only within our here, within the employees, but the culture really with the, the consumers and the customers is because they, they resonate with the name, you know, till you collapse. The meaning behind it is you give that to you collapse kind of work ethic, which is, you know, every single day, you give it a hundred percent towards your goals. Maybe not 
literally till you collapse, but figuratively till you collapse. And you being a successful entrepreneur as you are, you know it takes that kind of effort, not just one day, not just one week, every fucking day, every week, every month, every for years, right? And that's the premise behind the brand. Whatever your goals are, if they're fitness goals, if they're life goals, if they're business goals, give it that till you collapse work ethic and you'll get there. It's going to take a lot of time. And a lot of people, I think, resonate that. It's not just, and when they find out that's what the brand, the name, because the name kind of, you like, tell you what the fuck is that? And then you're like, okay, it resonates with fitness, resonates not just with fitness, but business, everything. Like, right. Um, and that's the true meaning behind the brand. And I live it. And the thing is, when I started the brand for the first year, little over a year, obviously I have this family. I have two, three, I, I have four kids total now. I think at that point I had three kids and a wife I'm supporting fully. And I'm like, well, I just can't, I had no savings at the time. And I'm like, I can't just quit this job and pursue this. So I literally, for the first over a year, I had my full-time gig, which was the gym. We already know that's crazy hours, right? And then I had my side hustle, which is a business. I'm trying to figure out e-commerce. I'm trying to figure out social media. I don't know about any of this shit. And I'm, and I'm teaching myself as I'm building it on the side, working literally 18 to 20 hour days not like how people say they think they're working 18 to 20 hour days and they really look at it they're working like 11 hour days like <laughs> legitimately I, I i would leave i would leave you know go to my gym gym job you know from seven to seven seven eight come home see my family if i was lucky for 45 minutes an hour and then i would stay up all night you know maybe until 3 a.m 4 a.m working on this side hustle, developing it, educating myself, just Google online. And even back then there was less as now. Back then there was none of these podcasts. There was none, you know, Instagram just came out. Facebook was out for a little bit, but Instagram literally just came out and um, there was no podcast at that time. It was like, so there was a lot less information out there. You know, as now people got so much information out there, but back then I was just teaching myself, not knowing what the hell I was doing. Um, and for the first year, worked like that seven days a week i mean you know what i mean really really no no balance i mean my family suffered more than ever because that's what it was going to take in order to get to the point i am today seven days seven years later now were it you took that this episode of the successful life podcast is brought to you by house call pro whether you're looking to streamline your operations reduce paperwork or boost revenue House Call Pro is your all-in-one business solution. Transform your business today with essential tools and support designed to drive efficiency and deliver exceptional customer service. To learn more, click the link in the show notes. Sorry. Were you doing screen printing or were you tell me about what, when you say apparel line, what was it? How, how do you... I, I, I never had the screen printing in house because I never had the finances to even purchase that and buy that. And honestly, um, when you look at the margins, it's it definitely you save money doing that. But as far as like, it's not that much when you really look at it, as far as the initial investment for all the equipment, as far as the time and it goes into doing all that and shit right. like that for me the amount of savings wasn't worth it to me. I'm like, I can just contract that. I can focus my energy in other places. And that's okay. still what I do. I still, we still don't do that in-house even just because it's okay. not worth it to me. Sa sure. Saving the, save, you know, the margin is already great enough where, you know, we're making enough money that isn't even really, you know, at this point, the time is not even worth it. So, so, so you um, got somebody that would do it for you. So, so I'm just try, try, trying so to. So basically like, I started, I, I, I started it with about 300 bucks. Okay. 300 bucks and that was my first shirt order was 25 tank tops for guys 25 tank tops for girls and that was it and that's what i started with um and um i just flipped that 300 to 600 600 to 1200 uh, the company is still fully cash based we still have no investors no debt on the company um everything's always flipping as far as cash it's always been like that and like i said i've never taken any debt i've never taken any investors i still own 100 percent of it um, and it's kind of grown at that rate. And that was one thing as I grew it, um, I was very careful of growing it at a very, not so much the slow rate, a slower rate, but very careful how I grew it. You know, I did everything. I was the web developer, the videographer, the photographer, um, you know, the clothing designer. I mean, I was a jack of all trades. I literally did everything, shipping, packaging, everything. 
was me learning as I was going, not knowing what I was doing, but that really kept the cost down um, initially. And I, and I the, for the first three years, that was just out of my house doing everything myself and my wife were doing everything basically. And for those first three years, we were barely grossing over six figures. Grossing. Grossing. Okay, I was going to say. Exactly. Net, all right. No, exactly. Barely grossing over six figures and netting not even enough to survive, my man. So this three is a years. struggle. Three, three fucking years. years. And that three kids, a wife, and I was just a salesman. I was hustling shit on the side to even pay my bills. Sure. So, so here's the thing. After a year of doing both the gym business and the, the, the company, the company net grossed six figures this first year. I'm like, okay, I'm on to something. If I'm spending this much time on this and then all this at my full-time gig, I got to take this risk. I got to jump all in and give this my full everything because of my goals, eight figures, nine figures, and it's going to take all of me. I can't, I was running ragged, working 20 hours a day. Yeah, you can do it, but if you do it for a long time, it's not, it's not realistic. You're going to die. You're going to burn out. It's not realistic. So I did what I had to do for that first year. Other than that, I was like, I fucking, my family was suffering. I was suffering. I'm like, fuck this. So um, I was at that point, the company was, they knew what I was doing um, because it was all over social media. Um, there was a lot of people. And here's the thing. My designs were dog shit. And here's the thing. If you have a mission and you have a purpose and you are genuine, no matter what fucking company you have, I don't care if it's selling fucking cookies on the corner or you have a, a huge corporation. If you are with well, those things I said, very genuine, you have a, a purpose and you have it's something you're passionate about and you're very clear with that with your consumers and you're genuine about it. And they, they can sense that because they can sense fake shit. Trust me, especially nowadays. People supported me. They supported the name behind till you collapse because they knew I was, hard ass worker i lived and embodied what the the meaning behind till you collapse was and i was making my own shirts they look like my fucking kid could design a better shirt right so it wasn't like it wasn't the best quality it was nothing it was shitty i'll admit it it was shitty but people believed in me people supported me and with any company as long as they believe in the owner they believe in you they support you they're gonna buy from you it's sales 101 right um so they bought my shitty shirts and I was selling them in the gym. I was selling them everywhere online. And, you know, like I said, that's how I started flipping them. But I remember when I went to quit the gym, they offered me a promotion. They wanted me to be a district sales manager and run like eight, nine gyms, sales oversee the gym. And that was a 200 year plus gig. Right. So here I am one year into my business and they're trying to have this care for me. Like, Brian, you're one of our top sales general manager. We don't want you to quit. We want to offer you this position that I had been working for. That was my initial goal with the company is to get up to that district level and manage multiple gyms and make 200, 250 grand a year of bonuses and big money back then, right? Sure. Hell yeah. And big money to anyone. Still, people look at a 200 grand a year, people are trying yeah. to get That's just small minded thinking, right? Obviously, we're not like that, but we're not normal, right? right. As far as you look at most people, that's what they're shooting. That's it. That's You're not right. what we're fucking That's not what we're fucking shooting. For. No, that's no. That, that's what most people are shooting for. So um, everyone thought I was crazy. My family thought I was crazy. My friends thought I was crazy. Everyone thought I was stupid. This whole time, everyone's talking shit about me, um, you know, kind of showing their true colors. Or like, he's starting his t-shirt company. Who does he think he is? What do you think he's doing? Because you see me even now, I'm still pretty outspoken on social media. I'm not scared to talk. I'm not scared to, scared to turn the camera around. I just do it, right? And pe a lot of people are scared of that and scared of putting themselves out there so I had a bunch of hate, a bunch of everything going against me. Even my own family's like, you're quitting your job to support your family by selling t-shirts? Like, they really didn't get it, you know? So I had everything everything against me, right? Well, and I guess, uh, you know, that 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 whole, you know, when you lost everything, you know, it's the same woman, same kids. Like, yeah. they're thinking, fuck, here we go. Right? Yeah. I'm guessing. Here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. For the first three years... The first four years, I mean, we had nothing. I mean, at that point, my credit still up until I'll get into that. So no savings, multiple kids. I'm working my ass off. We're grossing, you know, six figures, netting. I mean, 70% of that, if we're lucky. 
and then I'm fucking hustling shit on the side just so we can pay our rent and put food on our table. That's the first three years of my company. That's the reality of this shit that people don't realize. They see where I'm at now, seven years into it. I've struggled my ass off for literally five years, like doing work that people wouldn't normally do, doing my company, and then side hustling to put food on my table. That's what people don't get. That's what it takes. And it takes different varying degrees of that. Some maybe aren't that extreme. Some are more extreme. Some pick up quicker. You never know, right? But that's what it took. Then I remember, you know, we moved three years, four years into the company, moving to our first warehouse. And the fourth year of the company was the worst year ever. We went from we went from grossing six figures, growing about twenty percent every year. So we're growing every year. Growth, good. Okay, any growth is good. Sure. Um, and then the fourth year, we grossed about eighty k, worse than every year that we've ever had. Right? What happened? Um, well, at that point social media instagram was really blown up more than ever there was way more competition as far as fitness apparel brands obviously you know how saturated it is now especially on social media that kind of really hit everyone and their mom was releasing an athletic apparel leggings brand there still is on social media you see a bunch of influencers releasing their own companies everyone releasing their own companies so the competition was higher than ever our product wasn't that good honestly so at that point me, my personality, me, my sales ability, people's belief in me had carried us along the way, but that can only carry you so long with a product that's not the highest quality. Sure. So, so I, I revamped our whole product line. I revamped our whole website. I revamped our whole hosting, switched the company around, switched everything around, all my own stuff. At this point, I'm still one employee, right? Right. Um, that still hardly knows what I'm doing. And then when I did that, um, and at that point, we moved into our first warehouse, got our first employee. When most people would have quit, worst year ever, what are you talking about? You're moving into your first warehouse, out of your house, you're getting your first employee. Like, are you fucking crazy, right? That's what I did because, you know, um, I realized what I was doing was, you know, obviously at that point, working too much, you know, in the business as opposed to on the business, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of I I got in that routine. And for me, I'm a control freak as it is anyway, so it's hard for any of us. For me to relinquish anything right um so i did that and i'm like I, I there's no there's no there's no quitting me like i'm not going back i had that 200 grand a year sitting there for me i grossed 80k gross with a family of four relying on me and i had 200k sitting right here brian come back we'll hire you you can right the easy thing yeah. would be just to take that 200k say Absolutely. fuck this fuck this 40k net suffering life and just you know yeah, drop, drop of a hat you could have changed it yeah no i have way bigger goals than that and i knew that decision there would have cost me what i have here i just knew it at this point in my life right so i said no i'm going to change all this around you know and this is like i said at this point i had no help like there's no podcast this point is when i first started listening to andy's podcast so you know it's been around for about three and a half years so that's when I first saw, found Andy on Instagram, started listening to Andy's podcast, and he's really what helped translate me into doing everything I did, right? I credit that to him because he was really my only education. He teaches a lot on this podcast, and the problem is a lot of people listen to it. A lot of people don't take it in action, right? So I listened to it, and I took action. That's one of my strengths I'll talk about in a little bit. Um, so I turned everything around, moved into the warehouse, got the first employee. We went from... 80k gross to 1.1 million gross in about seven months. What the fuck? Seven months, 80k to 1.1 million. What? How the fuck did you how? Like I said, it's it's just um, applying everything that kind of Andy taught in this podcast. Totally revamping my product line, a lot higher quality product. I'm totally revamping the look of my website, the back end of my website. and, and as, as I was learning, just changing my social media tactics and stuff like that and, and totally made that 360 in a short amount of time. Right. Damn. Uh, and then that is, that is about, that's about two and a half years ago, three years ago is at that time point frame. Right. Um, and that's when I first started getting into Arte 
um, you know, I first found about Arte basically, um, and I was the first syndicate class. You know, obviously, I found Ed through Andy basically, um, and then as opposed from from there, I've just continued to scale the business. You know, I went from 1.1 million to, um, and that was my first year in Arte. My first year in Arte went from 1.1 million to, uh, well, about half a year into Arte is 1.1 million to 2.3 million. That was about six months into applying what I kind of learned in RHA. And then um, from from that till, till now, basically, is my first full year, then now my half of my second year is gone. And we went from, so 1.1 to 2.3 to now we're projecting about anywhere from five to six this year. Um, so folks, I, you know, if you're listening, when you, I hope you heard what he just said. Fucking six times and this is not the first time i've heard this i've heard andy talk about one of the syndicate members who took his business and 6x that motherfucker yeah in a that's year me. to a year and a half and yeah. this is it was you that's me it's me yeah it's me Holy and he, he, he mentions my name a lot they do say my name and they were i was on the rt video which i'm truly humbled about like i said andy was my main mentor i i love ed as well he's a mentor of mine well but andy was the one his content, our personality, we kind of mesh with each other. We're kind of raw. Um, and we, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, like I said, utilizing his podcast got me, you know, to that 1.1 million mark. So that transition with the podcast. And then at that point, you know, I kind of learned and applied all I could. And I knew, okay, this Arte thing, this is my formal education. I have no education. I've been no part of any kind of mastermind group. I've been no part of any kind of entrepreneur, anything. This is all self on myself, teaching myself. No help, no financial help, no strategy help. Other than Andy's podcast, that's it, legitimately, wow. right? And then I'm like, I'm fucking, Andy's a part of this. I love Andy. I, he helped me. Obviously, I put the work in, but I, he gave me the information to apply, right? So got massive love for that guy. And then I'm like, he's doing it. I'm doing it. I'm investing in myself. You know, 50K for me, I'm a cheap ass. It still is a big investment for me, this, this whole syndicate, right? I'm investing in myself. It's the same price as college, except I'm going to get a lot more out of it, right? Yeah. Um, so I invested in that. And I obviously, I got way more out of it, right? I applied what I learned that first year, translated into the growth of my business, right? So went from a garage to 900 square foot warehouse. Now we're in a 5,000 square foot warehouse. Went from no to employees to now I have seven full-time employees and I have 80 affiliate employees, um, you know, in a year and a half time, right? Two years time, right? And then that- I was just going to ask. So, you know, that's a, that's a massive, that's a massive growth in a short amount of time. How did you, you know, how did you kind of keep all those balls juggling? Cause that's, that's a lot of different shit going on. It's hard. It's very hard. But the thing is, here's the thing is, and this is what I'm pre-listening to me. If you're starting a company or you're in the first start of a company, be as cheap as possible. Because one thing that led me to be successful and be able to scale at that rate, when a lot of companies scale that fast, they fucking lose and they fail because they don't got the cash because they don't, you know, live frugally. You don't need that fancy office. You don't need the fancy equipment. You don't even need employees. Hold off getting employees as long as possible. That payroll, do that shit yourself, right? I feel like people try to have the fancy office, have the fancy, fancy, you know, they want everyone to see their business and show their business. My shit was out of the dungeon for the first three and a half years. I didn't give a fuck, right? And the thing is, is, you know, they want to have that facade and they want to look like they have a successful business when they're barely even keeping it running, right? And then they, if they do get any growth, they're not going to cash to keep up and they fucking lose it. They, they go under. So for me, I a very minimalistic of everything um, as far as spending, as far as anything was minimalistic. Plus my business model was my, my, my product, my brand. There is high profit margins. I mean, I, I, I still to this day with all my expenses, everything, I net 50%, which is a really high net, you know, Hell, as far yeah. as any business. So at this yeah. point... Still at the growth, what I'm grossing, I'm still netting high 50% because I have high profit margins as the type of business I'm in. I'm like, if I'm going to make money, I'm going to make fucking money. I'm going to find a product I can make high profit margins in. And then at the end of the day, I still have plenty of cash to play with, cash to live, and cash to grow, right? 
So sure. the thing is, you imagine a lot of businesses are profit margins netting around 10 to 20 percent if they're lucky. And then they're, they're not netting that much. They have all these expenses and they're trying to grow. You don't got enough cash to grow that. And then, then they get in the rat. Then they get a mistake of trying to look for outside investment, outside cash here, high interest, this and that, trying to save it and keep it going. But then they got all this debt on the company that they can never pay back because their margins are so small. How are they going to pay that back? Plus pay themselves, plus live a life, right? So I just, you know, I'm a salesman. I'm a, I'm a sales heart. You know, I'm really good with numbers. And, and like I said, I knew... I needed that, like that type of business to be successful. I want to make fucking money. I want to drive those cars, right? That's how you do it, right? You know, you know, and the crazy thing is like, there's businesses that are grossing, you know, there's businesses that are grossing that talk to me that gross, you know, 15, $20 million a year that are netting the same, if not less than. And it's like, you hear that 15, $20 million, eight figures. Yeah, that sounds great. But at the end of the day, you're netting less than my business that isn't even at the eight figure mark yet, right? So I think when anyone wants to start a business, they really need to be strategic and find something they're passionate about and finding a way they can translate that passion. Because at the end of the day, yeah, it's not all about the money, but we all need to make money. We all need to live. We want to live a good life. You don't want to, you know, that's part of it, right? Like I want nice things. I want, I want to have millions of dollars worth of cars one day. That's one of my original goals since I was a kid. I'm not ashamed to say that, right? Right. But the thing is, is you really got to think about, and I, I'm talking to entrepreneurs that are listening to this because the, the main reason why entrepreneurs fail is that reason. They, they're not making enough money. They spend too much and they don't make enough. And that's it's very simple, basic, basic math, basic numbers. Find something you're passionate about. Find a way to translate into that business, whether it's a product or service, and make fucking sure that you're doing it, making it worth your while because you are worth that. You are worth that. Put a high value on yourself, whatever your service is, whatever your product is, value yourself and know that at the end of the day, as you scale, you better know that obviously more costs come on my payroll now, payroll between no employees to seven plus 80 affiliates. Like my payroll is huge right now, but I'm still making money because just the foundation, the way I grew the company and I set it up, like you got to think ahead that like, if you're starting a company netting 15%, what happens when you scale and you get a bigger warehouse, payroll, this and that, like, then you're netting 9%? How the fuck are you going to live off that? You better be doing $50 million, you know what I mean? Right, like, right. You know what I mean? So that's the thing is, my, my motto that I always say is, I, wanna, I want a big piece of a big pie. That's what I say. You know how people say they want, they want a small piece of a big pie? Fuck that. I want a big piece of a big pie. Call it's, me greedy, call it whatever you want, but that's what I want. Yeah, but so, okay, let me just say something about that. With that, you know, if people hear you say that and they think, God, you know, greed or, or whatever the case may be, or, oh, God, I can't believe he thinks that way. Well, maybe, I, I guess the, the, the point is that if you're, if you're making that kind of money, you're also spending money, which helps the economy. Oh. It helps yeah. car dealerships. It helps the ha- houses, whatever. Oh, it helps everything. And here's the thing, man. I'm, I'm giving back more than I ever have. As I become more successful, I'm giving to charities. I'm giving to causes. I'm giving to charity. I'm giving to causes more than I ever have. So that's the thing is, even though I'm saying that, as I'm taking in my success, I'm giving it back. I'm giving it my time. I do mentorship calls almost every day for free to young entrepreneurs. And my time, if you break down my time divided by how much money I make per hour, my time is very, very, very fucking valuable. So the fact that I'm not charging these kids or these people, the kids, I mean, one of my mentorship calls is a 19-year-old, the next one was a 50-year-old. So the, the thing is, I'm not charging these people anything for my time. That's giving back, you know? My time is very valuable. My time is very valuable, and I know that, right? I'm, I'm, I'll say that. And the thing is, is another thing is with my employees, like the culture here, like, like, I don't know if you saw that video I just put out about wanting to pay someone a million dollars here. Um, I don't know if I saw it either. Yeah. I don't think I saw but, it. So basically, I, 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 you know, you guys, you got to put it out in the universe. You got to speak it into existence, right? 100%. So uh, one of my main goals, you know, my original goals was cars and my original goal was, you know, creating it, you know, because here's the thing, man, up until two and a half years ago, I want to make this very clear for everybody. And this is all happening quickly. As you know, my story all kind of happened quickly, right? It was like all those years of suffering, work, 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 and the success comes pretty quickly after paying those dues through 
times than most people would quit, right? Yes. And the thing is, is up until a year and a half ago, I bought my first house. Like my credit and my finances were so fucked from, I mean, my credit score is 500 credit score for years. I bought my first house a year and a half ago. Up until two and a half years, three years ago, I was driving hand-me-down cars. So I hope people are listening to that. Like, no matter how old you are, no matter where you're at, like, it can change rather quickly, right? Like, that's the thing. Is like, you just got to, you got to be true to who you are, true to what you're doing, and put in the work. It's not rocket science, right? That's right. And that's it. And, and the thing is, with me giving back and talking about, you know, higher margins and a bigger piece of a bigger pie is not for myself. It's I want to create more jobs in my community. I want to create more opportunities for the staff here. You know, I have an amazing staff here. The culture here is getting better and better. It's amazing through what I've learned through RK and everything like that. And I truly want these kids to grow with my company and give them the opportunity. I said, I want to have someone on my staff. I pay a million dollars to. I want to have multiple people on my staff that I pay six figures. And when I say six figures, I'm talking about two, three, four hundred grand a year, right? That's sure. big money. Yeah. And that's legitimately what I want to pay them because I want them to, because for me, like I'm very motivated. I have huge goals, but one of my main goals on top of, you know, it was the cars and it was my family. Well, I feel like I'm doing great. Honestly, if I made the same amount of money I make now consistently and I invested it the right way, I am very grateful. I feel like I live an amazing life. I do like nicer things, but I don't need overabundance of everything. Like I'm good. You know what I mean? My higher calling and my new goal is to create a company that's so large and so successful that I have people that have been here with me from the start, this culture, this opportunity within this, this organization to you're getting paid seven figures. You've put in here this many years. You do this kind of work. You're running this, like you're doing this. And then all these other people get paid these high six figure salaries. That's truly my calling and my goal right now, as far as what I'm focused on right now. And why and then, do you yeah. say that? Why do you say, I, and the reason I ask you that, that question, I know the answer, but I don't know if the listeners know the answer. So why do you say that's what you want to do? You want to have employees making that much money. What's the reason behind that for you? Well, I honestly, I just, I want to, I want to create opportunities and I want to create as many, as many, because it is, at the end of the day, if I have a company that's grossing so much that I have people on the payroll that are getting paid that, of course, I'm going to be making a shitload of money more too, right? And everything, it it all ties together, but that's not the reason. I'm not doing that to make a shitload more money. I'm doing it because I truly want to. I want them to be able to create the life they want to live and be able to do whatever the fuck they want to do, just like where I'm kind of at right now. I want to spread that and I want to have, you know, a warehouse, my, you know, we're outgrown this 5,000 square foot warehouse. Our next move is a 15 to 20,000 square foot warehouse. My staff's going to double. That's more job opportunity. That's more employment in the community. That's more, more families to create great lives for the culture here is it's a great culture out here to live. Like, you know, this, this job is a fun place to work here. You know, we have music bumping. If you one day hope you'll see it. It's a cool warehouse here. It's a cool vibe. And it you makes know? you, it makes you feel good to be able to provide that for people. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Like I said, hundred percent. It feels, it feels really good um, to help change people's lives. And, and I truly want to do that. Like I said, for me, if I continue to make what I'm making now forever, I'd be happy. Now, yeah, I have bigger goals. I'm not complacent. I'm still going to work my ass off. I got that fear behind me, driving me. That's never going to stop. But as far as like, you want to talk about greed and stuff like that? Yeah, I'm not. If I made this amount, I can take a vacation with my family where I want. I can drive a Lambo or Ferrari if I want. I, I have a beautiful house. I I, I pay my bills and I save money every month. I'm not stressed out over finances. I'm good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and if I invest it, I can multiply this over the years, like real estate, stuff like that. Like I have free money to invest and stuff like that. Like I'm good. Like, I don't need the, you know, I don't need to make nine figures. You know what I mean? Like as far as for myself, I'm truly content as far as financially, but as far as they don't have those opportunities at this point. So I want to give them those opportunities. I have people that have been here for me that really support the mission and the company. And, and if we put in the work over the next five, 10 years, we'll get there. It's going to take time. It's going to take all of us doing the extra work here together, but we can get to that point. And at that point, 
they can have the kind of money that's life-changing, not just me. You know, it's always the CEO, the owner of the company that's driving a nice car, then everyone else is kind of suffering, like slaving away. That's not what I want it to be. I want us all to park Lambos out front there. I want there to be 15 Lambos parked out front there. You know what I mean? And I legitimately, no, whatever fucking car they want, but you know what I mean. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't want there to be one Lambo parked out there then like a bunch of other just cars scraping by. Like, I want us all, this is, this is a family. This is true. Like I couldn't do it without them and they couldn't do it without me. Like we're all in this together. And that's the culture here. Right. Um, and yeah, and that's just, that's just truly it, man. As I scale and, and build and, you know, we're on our way to hopefully eight figures within the next 12 months and, and just continue that and still have that same profit margin and just continue. And I started that new company, the CBD company, which has taken off great and just applying the same culture, the same knowledge that I learned over all these years in the trenches apply that to this new company so it starts hits the ground running which it has you know what i mean yeah that so what made you start the cbd company you go are you okay on time or yeah i mean time's tight but i want to stay if you do the cbd yeah. company i started because um i wanted to kind of diversify um and uh cbd is something honestly um that i knew that with fitness and cbd they kind of go hand in hand right so i, I wanted to know i know how to build stuff on social media I obviously know how to create content. You've seen my stuff on social media. So I have kind of this, um, this machine over here, this online social media machine. I, I, that's what I did with my first company. So I, I was thinking of something else with social media, something else I can build, something else I was doing studies on that's something that was trending upwards, right? And obviously CBD is a huge multi-billion dollar industry growing at a crazy rate, right? And the thing is, I saw there was an opportunity because there's a lot of people in the CBD industry that are trying to make a quick buck with shit product that don't really care about anything else other than that, right? And for yeah. me, it's always like the, you know, it's always the, the um, I stand behind my product. I have old school values. I stand behind my product. My product's my word. It's reputation of me. And I'm an old school dude. Like it means everything to me. Like if somebody says they don't like something of mine, it, it hits me hard. It doesn't matter how big and successful I get. It's just, it's just a reflection of me, you know, right? Yeah. And I don't want to put anything out there that I don't use, I don't believe in, I don't back, anything like that. So as far as the CBD company, we source everything in the U.S. where a lot of the companies are getting stuff overseas, which there's no regulations overseas um, with the, the materials. And then everything as well for us has been tested. We test everything, third-party tested as far as potency, cleanliness, um, all that kind of stuff. So a lot of CBD companies, they had like a study of like 50 popular CBD companies. And out of 50 companies, there was only one company that actually had what it said in their bottle, basically. I believe as it. Far as, as far as potency and everything like that, a lot of them, most of them had half the amount. So if they said it was 20 milligrams, it was like nine, right? And the feeling, that's fucking bullshit. That's not standing behind your product, right? And, and, you, and you know, you may have an amazing product you have amazing customer service. People will come back to you. And not only that, they'll refer five of their friends. Like it's business basic, but I feel like that's why I buy a business fail. Cause they don't stick to those basics. And it's not rocket science. It's very easy when you hear it, but it's crazy how many businesses don't do that. I mean, there's so many CBD companies out there. And for the amount of people in the short time that we've launched coming back to us, repeat customers, referring people, um, people that have been taking CBD from other companies for a long time and then try ours and feel a significant difference. That means the world to me. That's what I'm going for is like, yeah, you think you've been taking CBD. You've been taking half the, the dose you should be because you know, it's underdose. You don't have a clue. And then now you try something that all of our stuff is actually doses higher. So every single product we have has tested higher strength than we even claim. So you have all these other companies that are testing less than this strength. Our says 20 milligrams have tested 23 milligrams. And that's something that I stand behind and I'm very proud of. And, and that's why it's kind of growing the way it's growing because people are seeing a difference from literally they took CBD yesterday from a company. They took CBD from me today. They feel a difference instantly sure. because now they're taking an effective dose, just like with supplements, bodybuilding, you know, all about effective doses, right? If you're taking something like all these pre-workouts, they have this, you know, they have all the supplement label and it's all a proprietary blend and they say they have this ingredient in there just to say they have it on the label, but it's not even in an effective dose. You have to take this amount for it to be effective in your body. 
and you have one tenth of that in there. Who gives a fuck if it's in there then, right? Right. You know, you can back to that, right? So it's the same difference with the CBD. And it's just standing behind the product and, and building it like I built the first company. But I have six years of knowledge and failure that I already learned from. So now this is going to hit the ground a lot faster. And it's something I've been using for the last month, solely my product. And I have substantial difference in my life, honestly, as far as sleep, anxiety, stress, pain relief. I really am passionate about it now, whereas honestly, I wasn't as passionate about it in the beginning. Now I'm truly as passionate about it because I've experienced it and I'm getting a different quality of life from it directly, honestly. Sure. So, I mean, it's, it's amazing, like the endocannabinoid system, which a lot of people don't even understand really, in the effects that CBD can have on a person's body, fibromyalgia, IBS, you know, migraines, you name it. I could go on for hours. It's unreal. And so, guys, don't buy your shit from the gas station because guess what? It's going to be like the stuff he's talking about, the the stuff that's got nothing or, or maybe a little bit in it, but a lot of it has nothing in it. Exactly. Exactly. And that's like, you know, obviously like with any industry, it's given it a bad name, right? I mean, there's people trying to, a lot of people trying to hop on the hype, which they do with anything. People are going to try to make a quick buck and hop on the hype. And that's the quickest way to failure in any kind of business and anything. Right. And they're trying to do that and they're selling shit product and they're giving the whole industry a bad name, which the same thing happens with supplements. The same thing happens that's okay. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. And that sucks if you give people a bad taste in their mouth or a bad connotation with the industry. I know I've done my studies. I know it's quality of something that works. I know because I've used effective amounts and it's changed my life. So I'm going to stand by it, stand, stick to my morals and stick to my guns. Let all the other guys weed themselves out and the quality companies will remain and mine will be one of them right? As I educate, that's, we're big on education with our social media because people have either a bad taste from shitty mom and pops or, or gas station or whatever, you know, random pop-up shops or, you know, just the whole stigma of cannabis. Like they, they automatically put the two and two together. So I'm, our company is big on education and stuff like that. Um, and that's one of the biggest things, education and just transparency with our products and everything. And it's, it's a lot different than any other CBD company you see out there on social media, you don't even know who the fucking owners are. Me and my, my partner in that company, we're all over our social media. We're talking directly to our consumers. We're talking, educating them. We're talking about our test results. And that's just standing out in the industry where every CBD company, you just see pictures of products, basically. You right. don't know who, who owns that company, whose company is that. And that's, again, business 101. If they believe in you, if they know who you are, they like you, they're going to buy from you to support you. It's not rocket science. People can tell you back from a hundred years ago, business at mom and pop shop, everyone in the neighborhood in the city knew who this guy was. They all go to his shop and buy from him. It's not rocket science guys. I'm trying to tell anyone listening to this podcast. A lot of business shit is basic shit and a lot of work and a lot of time. And the problem is people want shortcuts. People don't want to work for a long time and they want everything quick. And that's what weeds a lot of people out. That's why, you know, successful entrepreneurs, are rare. We're a rarity, you know what I mean? Because it takes a long time and it, it takes consistency and, and just wrapping up because I'm fucking running over and I do want to give a little more um, value to people. There's just, like I said, I told you guys, I'm a dumb motherfucker. Okay. I am. I am. I have horrible memory. I'm horrible organization. I fucking almost missed this call today. I'm horrible. I'm bad at a lot of shit. Let me just listen to me guys. I'm bad at way more than I'm good at. I'll tell you that. I own it though. I'm not trying to be more than I am. I'm not trying to pretend I am who I'm not. That's just who I am. Like me or not, I don't give a fuck. Hopefully you like me. If not, there's the door, right? The three things that I am really good at and I very, I know I'm good at and I double down on and I focus on is A, I'm the hardest worker in the room. I, I'm, I've worked 20, 21 hour days. I'm not scared of work. I still work six, seven days out a week, even though I have a little bit of success where my company is, I've staffed. I don't still need to work as much as I do. I still put in the work still at this point and I never won't. So be the hardest worker in the room, put in the work because nothing replaces the work. That's one thing I do. I always stick with. Number two is 
Dude, the last minute I thought I fucking I'm starving. I haven't eaten anything yet today. I'm fucking about to. Uh, I fast. I fast. I fast, and I usually eat at noon. And oh. noon is like noon is like 17 hours into my fast. So now I'm like 18 hours into my fast. Ooh. I'm getting. Oh, I bet. Anyways, don't, don't, don't make me sure. I don't even care. You don't even need to edit it because I really don't give a fuck. No, it's all good. Two is I stay consistent. Just consistency, just consistency over the years, right? You just got to stay consistent and put in the work. And number three, fuck, I can't even think of number three right now. Hold on, I look like a fucking idiot right now. Uh, give me one second. Hey, it's not my fault. I haven't if I had to guess, up. I would say it would potentially be something along the lines of intention. You have to have a no. good intent, no? Okay, here we go. There we go. Okay. Hey, this is who I am. This is who I <laughs> it's am. all good, dude. I haven't eaten in 19 hours, so hey, give me some fucking slack. <laughs> so, hardest worker in the room, put in the fucking work. Nothing replaces it. Number two is I take massive action. So that's one thing that Ed has actually talked about me. Andy's talked about me. Part of Arte. As soon as I learn shit, and we're like with Andy's podcast, I fucking take action. A lot of people talk about shit. I don't talk about shit. I fucking do it. I'll do shit even if I don't have a clue. I'll do it. And I'll figure it out along the way. And that's what I've just, everything, I still do that to this day with things. And then a third is I just stay consistent with everything. It's going to take a long time just staying consistent with that work and taking action over the years. And really those are the three things that I have really been strong at and I really are my really skills and I'm good at. And they're, they're not really rocket. They're not rocket science. They're not crazy skills, right? They're just basics, right? But that's what I know I'm good at. There's a lot that I struggle with, but I know that's what I do, and that's what I've kind of done to get myself to this point. And I said, I mean, I am who I am, man. I fucking, I'm starving, and I'm loopy, and my blood sugar is crashing. I'm still here talking to you. (laughs) Kind of fucking think about what I'm talking, and it is what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Well, look, dude, I can't think I want to give you like five minutes, maybe a little bit more time. Is there anything out of that you want to say or ask me or having me cover anything like that? Or, you know, I think, uh, so one thing I did want to ask you about is, you know, you also did, uh, I think it was a little campaign and I, it was so like our, it's so interesting how the two of our journeys have been very similar. But one of the things that I do every time I go out is, is the shop shopping cart. I, if I see a shopping cart fucking out of place, I put it up, not because of, of any other reason other than guess what? I was a shit bag for a long time. And I was that motherfucker that would leave the shopping cart out. And so now yeah. that I've had a change in my life and that's one of the things that I make sure that I do is if I see another person's cart out, I make sure I put it up or I help somebody put their shit in their car or, you know, the small things wipe the piss off the seat like andy says like come on so yeah talk about just that little bit for me uh about your experience and why you did the shopping cart campaign or whatever it was it so with that that's just something that's always been kind of instilled in me since i was a kid so i've always been like that as far as like how you do one thing is how you do everything um I just almost didn't even realize it until Andy obviously is the one who always talked about like Andy and Emily talked about shopping carts in the podcast. They talked about the piss on the seat, picking up the trash. Like Andy's huge on that. And that really awoke it to me that I kind of was, I had this from kind of day one, just what my father instilled in me growing up is do the little things, how you do the big things. There's no real difference because how you do one thing is how you do everything. Right. So I kind of always had that ingrained in me. Um, and I didn't really put two and two together, like as far as apply it towards business. Like I said, I mean, Arte is my first education. I have no outside help really. But when I heard the podcast, I'm like, oh, I always put the card away. I do that shit. I don't walk past shit, right? Like I was already doing it. Right. But I didn't really know like how really important it was and how little people do it, right? Yes. So I hear Andy fucking going crazy about it. Like I'm like, well, I fucking, I wipe my piss off the toilet seat. Like, you know, shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I already do that shit, which is good for me, how the clap, but then I really realized what that meant. I kind of learned what that meant. I was someone that already did it. I had that instilled in me. And then the whole shopping cart thing, like I said, I just wanted to bring more light to it because I definitely feel like, you know, anyone that's listening to Andy's podcast have heard it, but um, he didn't so much post about it, like on his feed or anything like that. And there was still a lot of people that hadn't got that message. And even you see, I mean, there's two people that tag me in 
put in their shopping cart. I get tagged still daily and I don't really talk about it much anymore, but I'm just trying to spread the message along. Like I said, like there's a lot of us in this together, this RFA family, entrepreneur family, and obviously we want to see each other win and, and be successful. I truly want to see everyone win. Like I said, I'm a big advocate of that. Like I'm really here to help everyone I can and give value where I can. Like I said, I, I'm good at some things, not much, but some things I'm good at. So I give my value where I can and help everyone I can and with mentorship and stuff like that. But like, I feel like more people need to hear that message. You know what I mean? It really resonated with a lot of people and just trying to spread that message. Like, you know, even if Andy or, or if I say a message the first time, we all got to spread the message. And here's the thing. We all have different delivery systems. We all say it a different way. Like we reach different people. So it's, it's nothing but positive. We can spread the message like to our following and then get it out there as far as it can. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's it. Well, look, dude, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time. And I hate that you, you know, haven't eaten in forever, but go and do your thing, dude. I can't thank you enough for the time that you did give. Yeah. I'm a great example. He gave me ever how long we've been talking today and yeah. he didn't have to do that. So thank you. I appreciate it. No, seriously, man. I'm here for you. Like I said, anything you need, uh, I'm here, man. Like I said, I'm here for you. Thank How you, you feeling, man? Man, I'm, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm slow. I had my colonoscopy and all that yeah. shit, but everything come back, came back fine. You know, I don't know. I think you know. I, I don't know what the hell it is. I'm okay. I just, Good. I'm just going straight plant based, which is fucking crazy as shit yeah. for me to say. Crazy. Right? Yeah. But uh, that's what I've decided I'm going to do, and we'll see what that, you know, I just, you know, I get a little bloating, like, you know, people, women complain about bloating, I fucking get that shit now. Like, I I understand what the fuck they're talking about. I get it, man. But thanks for asking, dude, I appreciate that. Yeah, for sure, man. And we'll we'll be in contact, hopefully we can do, you know, we're in contact, obviously we're brothers through Arate, and we're friends, and you can contact me anything you want for anything, man. Thank you, brother, I appreciate it. Okay, man. I appreciate you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.